Hi everybody, this is Brian Haggerty and welcome to my podcast. Today is June 27th, at least that is the day of this recording. And we have the July 4th holiday weekend is coming up. And I hope everybody has got some great plans to get out there, enjoy the summertime, enjoy friendships, barbecues, long days, and short nights. <laughs> as far as my plans for the 4th of July, I don't think I'm doing anything. Frankly, I don't like the crowds of the shore, so I don't go down the shore when it's crowded. I usually only go down there either during the week or in the off-season when it's nice and quiet. I find that um, my hometown here of Lynnhurst becomes a nice, quiet place to live because half the town is away. So you could drive around the streets around rush hour. There's no traffic. It's quiet. It's easy. It's nice. Anyway, that's my story. Okay, so today the topic is belief systems. Belief systems. Now, I know you've heard of belief systems because obviously we all operate under either one main belief system, which is also then um, kind of like the governing force over what could be many, many other belief systems. Now, belief systems are what they are called. They are systems of belief. They are really the way we view and interpret the world around us. And that includes people, places, and things. Now, belief systems are not formed overnight. They are really the result of a lifetime of conditioning. They're the result of being told or believing certain things as being true time and time again. And for most of us, that means believing something as being true for our entire lives. Now, like with anything else, the more we think something, the more our mind begins to create a system of thinking, a belief system. It's like a habit. Which is really, as you've heard me say, we are nothing more than the sum total of all of our habits, good and bad. And the same thing goes with belief systems. Belief systems are the results of habitual thinking. Some belief systems may be benign, meaning it doesn't matter if you hold a specific belief, such as the average person who has a specific belief in his or her religion. There are many religions on this planet, obviously. Each person believes his religion is, you know, what works best for them. But for most people who don't force their religious views upon others, their belief system in their religion doesn't really hurt or hinder anybody. As a matter of fact, for most people, it provides a very positive structure for their lives and gives, this, gives them a basis and foundation for morality and good living. There's nothing wrong with that. Then there are, of course, the bad belief systems. Now, the bad belief systems are rooted in those who hold beliefs which actually are completely contrary to reality, to fact, to science. Now, these belief systems, while bad, are, well, sometimes they're really bad. Now, if we were to take a look at terrorism around the world and those from any religion who commit terroristic acts in the name of their religion, obviously those are examples of very bad belief systems. But belief governs everything in our lives. Uh, you can think of people uh, with politics, by the way. In fact, I'm going to get into that a little bit because having been uh, spent a lifetime in politics, having held public office, and still working with politicians, training them, giving them public speaking lessons, teaching them people skills and things of that sort, you get a good opportunity to still stay in touch 
with the world of politics. And the world of politics is a prime example of belief systems in action. And as I said, religion is another one. But then we can look at other subject areas, such as ghosts and UFOs. Everybody operates from a belief system. And I think the first thing we need to realize, if we're looking to evolve and grow, because I'm not going to judge your belief systems. I don't know what they are. Only you know what they are. But what I will say is this. If or unless a belief system is something that is giving you consistent growth as a human being, consistent evolution and education in your thinking, unless it is doing those things, unless it's giving you fulfillment and happiness and joy, then you need to take a very close, hard look at this belief system, become aware of its effects on your life, and then choose to rid yourself of the belief system. It's not easy, but believe me, like with anything else, it is a skill. And if you spend enough time doing it, you can create new belief systems that have a positive effect rather than a negative effect, which is what I've done in my personal life. There were many, many things years ago that I just accepted as truth. Why? Well, because everyone I was around growing up accepted these things as truth. Some of them were religious beliefs. I think um, when I look back in retrospect, I was always very skeptical of religion. And then I went through a period of life where I thought I had found the specific aspect of religion, only to find out later on that it was as flawed as everything else. Because when you're dealing with people, human beings, you're going to be dealing with flaws because we're all flawed. So I've changed many beliefs about the universe, about the world around me. I've changed beliefs about myself. And I think the most important thing is to always be open-minded, to be willing and able to accept or at least admit when one of your beliefs, which is governing the way you live your life, is wrong or is just not working for you, one or the other. Um, now, let's take a look. <laughs> well, before I get into that, what I really want to also mention is just the power of belief. The power of belief. When we believe something, that power is so amazing because the mind's ability to project our reality in the manner in which reflects our belief is astonishing. As a matter of fact, I like to, re to point out this one great example because it's an example about which we all know, we've all heard, and it's something for which science, uh, science is kind of getting a handle on it, but it still has a hard time explaining it, and that is the power of what's called the placebo effect. This is known in science, it's known in medicine, and we've all heard of this, and that's the idea that people can, uh, if people are claiming that they're feeling sick, and this could be for a hypochondriac or anybody who legitimately feels ill, many times, and the ethics of this, of course, are a little questionable, doctors would prescribe what is called a placebo. And a placebo is nothing but a, a, a sugar pill, meaning there is, there is, it's inert. There's nothing in there. There is no medicine. There is nothing that could have any type of physiological or medical effect or therapeutic effect on the body except the mind, you see. And what doctors were always astonished by is that certain people, when given a placebo, will then feel better. Their symptoms for their otherwise perhaps imaginary uh, disorder or a real disorder, which was legitimately real, all of a sudden would get better. 
the patient would feel better. Now, there's many schools of thought behind why this is, but what it ultimately points to is the acceptance of our minds to believe something is true, and that when the mind does, the mind steps in and creates a reality to reflect that belief. So for people who are ill, and they believe that a pill is going to make them feel better, well, their mind accepts that as fact, and the mind has the, an amazing ability to change the way we feel and to affect and impact us. Now, we realize, too, that in the brain, you know, there's the brain and there's the mind. The brain is the organ inside of our skull, which causes uh, and, and governs basically everything about us, from our heartbeat to our breathing to our everything about our digestive system, our cellular regeneration. And if you think about it, all of these things are happening, whether we put thought to them or not, because they happen on a subconscious level. Uh, we couldn't possibly be able to think about all of these functions of our mind and be able to control them, which is why the whole adage of being able to control all of your thinking, your mind 100%, is not really realistic, at least not now, maybe a thousand years from now. Uh, and, and as augmented reality, another subject about which I'll speak in the future, when we become half man, half machine, the integration of technology into our bodies, which is already out there, it's just not mainstream yet, but in the future it will be, these are all things, again, that point back to the power of the mind. So when it comes to the placebo effect, that's our way of recognizing the power that our mind has. When you truly believe something is real, your mind will make it seem as if it is. Which, and it will also affect the manner in which you perceive and visually see things. Remember, the mind actually has its own editing system. It edits in or out of what we see based upon our beliefs. This is why you can have two people looking up at the sky and cloud watching, and one person will see the cloud form into one image, and another person will see the cloud form into a completely different image. And uh, so much of that is dependent upon, again, the composition of our subconscious mind. When we look out into the world, for instance, let's talk about being a pessimist or an optimist. We all know those two, and we love the optimists, and the pessimists sometimes, well, you know, <laughs> they can be tough to deal with. But you could have two people who see the world through a completely different lens. You know, the optimist looks around and believes that the world is inherently good. People are inherently good. Uh, the, the person who's an optimist may feel fortunate in life, may feel that good things come to him or her, and as a result, they do. Then you could take the pessimist, the person who believes that people are inherently not good, people who feel that the world is against them and they have no luck and all bad things happen to them. And if that's their belief, that's exactly the kind of reality they will experience because your mind will search for and find anything it needs to in order to support the belief you hold. I will say that again. Your mind will search and seek out anything it needs in order to uphold and continue the belief in which you are currently governing your life, or under which, I should say, you are currently governing your life. So, beliefs are unbelievably powerful, and I think we know that. And we've heard the old expression, mind over matter. Um, and again, I don't, um, there's a lot of conspiracy theory out there. They talk about that we literally have the ability to move physical objects with our mind. Uh, I've never seen any real evidence for that. Psychokinesis, I believe it's called. There's a lot of pseudoscience out there. But remember, folks, I like to be very objective and offer people as best as I can. 
as best as I can, the most scientific, practical approaches to living a better life, a more fulfilled life. Because, again, if I tell you something that is pseudoscience and one day science proves it as wrong, well, I, I, that means you will have been operating under a false belief system. Now, again, we are all human beings. And like a human being, I, too, am imperfect. I, too, have learned new things over the years that have changed my thinking. So right now, I always try to give to you the very things that I think will help you at least to not only understand the way that our thoughts are governing our perception of our lives, our perception of the world around us, but how, through taking control, we can actually change the way we perceive the world and the others around us. Now, if you missed my uh, previous podcast. It was about emotional intelligence, and that's a subject about which I'm beginning to get more and more inquiries from companies to come in and actually teach the uh, subject of mindfulness, which includes emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence, I'll repeat for those of you who didn't catch that podcast, but if you missed it, please give it a listen. Emotional intelligence refers to our ability to become aware of our thoughts, the emotions that they evoke, and the effects that they have upon us, and to be able to make a conscious decision to pivot those thoughts toward things that would help us rather than hurt us. So if we keep repeating certain thoughts in our minds that give us fear and anxiety, which is what most people do, by the way, uh, the reason why most people live in fear and anxiety is because those thoughts are alive and active in their mind all of the time. They keep popping up, popping up, popping up. And so you've thought these things for so long that they become a habit of thinking and you're not even aware of them. But they're causing you stress and anxiety. But what is really causing you stress and anxiety? Is it the thought or is it just the reality? Well, for most people, it's the thought. That doesn't mean you're not going through a certain specific time. Uh, where stressful things may be taking place, or challenging things, or sadness. It doesn't mean any of that, folks. What it is, is how we respond to what is going on around us in our lives. Because we can choose to respond in many ways. And how we choose to respond will determine the manner in which that thing, whatever it may be, affects us in life. Will it have a positive effect, a negative effect? Well, that depends upon how we respond. So emotional intelligence, mindfulness is becoming a big thing now because employers, uh, management really, are realizing in all these corporations that the old adage of, uh, well, leave your troubles at home and when you go to work, just do your job and, and don't bring your troubles to the office. It doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work. It probably never did, but years ago, people, well, people weren't as stressed out as they are today. People are incredibly stressed out today, uh, probably reaching heights of which we haven't seen in modern society. And uh, they're stressed out for a multitude of reasons, but most of the stress is self-created. Or it's a response, a bad, poor response to the things going on in their lives. Now, I think everybody would love the idea of taking control over their lives, but very few people are willing to do it. It's the same thing about joining a gym. You know, every year people join the gym that's their New Year's resolution. I'm going to join the gym this year. And then after two, three months, they give up. Well, the same thing goes for emotional intelligence, for belief system creation, for create changing our minds and our thinking. You didn't develop these belief systems overnight. So therefore, you're not going to change them overnight. And depending upon the depth and breadth of some of these belief systems and how negative the impact of them have been in your life, that's going to determine how long it's going to take. But more than anything, it's your commitment. Your commitment and your desire to change them is what's going to ultimately do the most change for the best in your life. So 
Belief systems are at work everywhere we look. So let's talk about politics. Hmm. That's a dirty, messy situation there, politics. Now, of course, I spent my life in politics. I've held public office. I consider myself retired from it. I'm always going to be an observer. It's kind of like I sit there on the sidelines. I love to watch it. I love to see it in action. It's just because it's part of me. But I'm very objective about it. Now, let's take politics. Let's take this past election. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. I could not believe the hate, the angst, and the beliefs about each candidate that people would spew forth every day. And I began to realize that Regardless, whether or not Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, let's say that either of them cured cancer, it wouldn't matter because each side has their belief system and they view the other side as a complete and total threat to their belief system. They believe the other side to be evil. They believe the other side to be a threat to society and culture and civilization. And therefore, they turn around and they hate that other person or people or groups who hold a belief contrary to their own. I have, I mean, listen, this goes on in politics all the time. It goes on locally. I, in my own town, I've seen this happen. The hate, the hate level is, is through the roof. And, and that's why I, I step away from this stuff. I am not going to engage in that. I mean, whether I agree or disagree with somebody's policy or stance on something, eh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to hate them for it. I mean, unless you're a really bad person and you, you do really, really, really bad things to people, vicious things, uh, and even there, I'm not going to hate you. I'll just avoid you and make sure that, you know, you're not in a position to do harm to others. But I'm not going to hate you. But we see it at work every single day. And that's the problem, because belief systems need to be correct. They need to be right. And if they feel threatened by contrary information, they will create any reason necessary. Your belief systems will create any reason to discredit the other so that the belief is preserved. Now, the belief system, as I said, impacts the way we see other people, the way we see things. This is why you could look at somebody who's on the opposite side of the political fence as you, who believes completely contrary things than you. You could look at that person and hold them in contempt and hatred and angst and look at them and say, ooh, this person, how terrible this person is. This person's going to destroy America or this person's going to destroy our hometown or whatever the case may be. And obviously, nobody is setting out to destroy anything. And if things do get destroyed as a result of people's choices and actions, well, that's the way of the world. You learn from it. You learn from your mistakes and you move on. But to hate and to uh, destroy and to discredit and to defame just because somebody shares a contrary viewpoint to yours is a very dangerous thing. So we see it in politics. We see it in religion. We see it at work in every day of our lives. And the belief system will always hold as being true to the person who embraces it and believes it. So the problem here is that other than a false satisfaction that someone may get from attacking someone else who believes something contrary to they... This unfortunately keeps you from growing or evolving or expanding as a human being. Now, that's your right to do so. If you are satisfied with your belief systems, I'm a firm believer in liberty. I mean, we're, each and every one of us have the ability to control who we are as a person. We can control our thoughts, and through controlling our thoughts, we can control the way we feel. 
Uh, we can choose different thoughts. We can choose better thoughts, loving thoughts, higher thoughts, thoughts that vibrate on a higher level, such as love and joy and, and expectation and satisfaction and, and harmony, as opposed to hatred and jealousy and envy and discord. Now, people have a long-term relationship with those thoughts. You know, hatred, jealousy, discord, uh, animosity, envy, uh, anger. All of those emotions are the result of thinking. And those things can wreak havoc. And they do. They wreak havoc on the body. We know that stress really has an impact on the heart and on the overall health of all of our organs because it impacts our cells. And what is our body? It's just a collection of cells. That's all it is. And every time a cell goes to reproduce itself, it's going to reproduce itself according to the state at which it's in, unless we introduce something contrary. So if we're under stress, we're putting stress on the cells, and the cells keep recreating stressed versions of themselves, which keeps leading over the long term to what would eventually be serious health issues. So you're only hurting yourself if you think, if you love, if you relish sitting back being angry at anybody for any reason. You're not hurting that person. You're only hurting yourself. And I know people feel justified in their mind saying, but you don't know what that person did to me. I said, I'm sure that person could have done something very terrible to you. But are you going to spend the rest of your life wrapped up in that? Is that going to become the dictating factor that governs your entire future existence? Or... Are you going to forgive and move on? Because it's not about the other person. It's about you. It's about what you want to be. Now, if you've had long-term beliefs that keep you wrapped up in anxiety, in fears, or in anger and hatred and discord and envy, if you've had those, and if you're satisfied with that, and if you want to stay that way, that's your prerogative. I'm not here to tell you you're wrong either. I'm just going to tell you that that will have a negative impact long-term on your well-being and on your health. And why would you ever choose that except for the fact that it's a habit? So what I'm saying about belief systems, which is what I teach in mindfulness, emotional intelligence, this is what corporations are looking for their employees to do because if employees are fulfilled in their personal life, they're going to perform better in their jobs, period, end of story. And we can't separate the two anymore. Lives today, work, everything we do is so intertwined. Social media, the internet, everybody's in touch with everybody in their lives on a consistent basis, from Facebook to Twitter to Instagram. And the stimulation we get from all of that is, is tremendous. Pardon me while I move the microphone. So by becoming aware of the thoughts that govern your life, you do that by being quiet. That's where the mindfulness comes in. Mindfulness is nothing more than a just a modern way of really putting yourself into a meditative state. Problem is, with the, when you say meditation, people have a preconceived notion. They have a belief system based upon what they've heard about meditation. And the reality of meditation is there's no real specific way to do it. As long as you could accomplish quieting your mind and getting your brainwave cycles to slow down to like a theta level, where you could consistently access your subconscious mind to truly get into the, the substance and the foundation of the thoughts that are either hurting you or helping you. Once you become aware of your thoughts, the Buddhists have a way of, uh, they have a saying that when you're meditating, you want to be able to stare back at your thoughts. Watch them bubble to the surface. 
So if you're saying, you know something, I decide I want to live a better life. I want to live a happier, more fulfilled life. I want to experience more joy. I want to experience more love. If you do that, then you can sit back and take a look at the thoughts inside of you and become aware of what happens, what pops up from below, from your subconscious. What beliefs do you have that are causing you then these emotions of fear, anxiety, or negativity, hate, uh, envy, jealousy, discord? There's a reason those things are there. But the moment you've made the conscious decision to say, I want to move away from that, I'm going to create a new narrative for the person that I am and who I am in life, and I'm not going to allow those things to interfere. And when you do that, once you've done that, that's how you begin to transform your life. Is it easy? No, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you it is. That's if, if things are easy, everybody would be... Everybody would be successful. Everybody would be fit. Everybody would be eating healthily, living healthily, but it's not. But if you choose to and put the time and energy into it and find a good support network, see, that's the thing. You've got to surround yourself with like-minded people. If you're someone who is negative and all of your friends are negative because misery loves company and you find that every time you're with this group of people, the same things, it's the gossiping about others, talking about other people, repeating uh, unflattering stories about other people, talking about how much you hate certain people, you have to get yourself away from those people. That doesn't mean be mean or nasty to them. You know, we love everybody because, again, you must, whatever you want to receive from others is what you must give first. But you've got to get away from those uh, environments and begin to surround yourself with people who represent your new reality. Positive people. Happy people. After all, happiness is what all people seek. It's the reason why people do drugs and alcohol. They're trying to find happiness. Of course, they're never going to find it that way, but... It's a way of for them to dumb down and become numb to the pain of their life, of their reality, which is nothing more than a collection of their beliefs and their thoughts, which have brought them to where they're at. And they can change them at any point in time. So belief systems are a very, very powerful thing. They literally will govern the quality of life that we live. But the truth and the reality is that each and every one of us at any point in time has the ability to choose what to think about. And folks, like I say all the time, that is the only thing over which we have complete control. And that is, we have control over the thoughts that we think. So when you're thinking negative thoughts, you can learn to pivot those thoughts away and after a little bit of a while, you will take energy away from those negative thoughts, which are part of those negative belief systems, and eventually, they slowly wither away. It's like taking a new beaten path. You know that the beaten path is people walk the same path all the time, so there's nothing grows there, no weeds, no nothing. It's just dirt, solid, packed dirt, because so many people take that path. And nobody wants to make a new path, because it takes time, it takes energy, it takes effort to make a new path. But when you do, after the first time, it gets easier and easier, and you make a new path in your brain of new thoughts, positive thoughts, and eventually that old beaten path will be reclaimed by the forest, and your old thoughts will just disappear and be reclaimed by your brain, which will then fill and use those neurons, which are the cells in your brain, for other purposes. So, if you want to change your life, begin by learning to look back at your thoughts and recognizing that your life is governed by a series of belief systems. I don't know how many. It depends. It's different with everybody. 
But if you want to improve your life and be happy and fulfilled and successful, then you need to grab hold of your mind, grab hold of your thoughts, and pivot your thinking. Every time those negative thoughts pop up, pivot away, pivot away to what you want, write down what you want, visualize it, and do this every day. Sit down quietly every day. Take the time to see where your life is going. Take the time to read the effect that certain thoughts are having, because unless you do this, you're going to be completely unaware of it, and your life will spiral downward. It will affect your health long term, and you will not have the fulfilled, happy life that I know you and everyone else on this planet is seeking, for that is what we all have in common, the joy and the peace of living a happy life and achieving our dreams and goals. So that is today's topic, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, by the way, please follow me on social media. I am on Facebook. You could either like my page. It's Brian Haggerty, H-A-G-G-E-R-T-Y, and Brian with an I, by the way. You could also send me a friend request. I know we get up to 5,000 of them, and I think I have about 3,000 friends on Facebook. But you can send me a friend request, Brian C. Haggerty. It's my middle initial. That's how you can find me. But I'm also on Instagram as Brian Haggerty Speaks. I'm on Twitter as at BH Speaks. And I think, what else am I on? Did I mention Twitter, Instagram? I think that's it, yeah. <laughs> so if you liked this podcast, please share it. Please give it a like. Click the little heart icon there. Please follow me here on SoundCloud as well. Share this with others if you believe it's going to help. And let me know. Leave a message. Let me know if this has helped you in some way, shape, or form, because I hope it does, and I want it to. That is my desire, is to give everybody principles and information every day that can help them improve the quality of their lives. All right, so until the next time, this is Brian Haggerty wishing you all a wonderful day and a wonderful week. I'm probably going to have another podcast some point this week, but the thing about podcasts that I like so much is that there's no structure to them. When I feel like making one, I make it. And if you're subscribed to me, the little icon will pop up in your box, and it will show you that another one is waiting there for you. So, hope you've enjoyed this, folks. Have a wonderful day, and remember, take control over your thinking, and you will take control over your life. Take care, folks. Have a great day and namaste.